Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's wrong with you? What's going on, everyone, and welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church, and we are your local churchmen. My name is Josh, and I am here with Sir Jack O'Lantern. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Jack, what's yes. popping? What's happening? What is going on? As it's a nice say. day here in the Pacific Northwest. It is. It is very nice. Yeah, it's not it's, bad. Uh, last week kind of stunk, though, because I had the... Uh, the seasonal change migraines going on. Oh, that's so. right. You do get those. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Jack Jack knows when the weather changes because yeah. you know, he gets all those migraines. <laughs> it's the X-Man power right there. That's Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your mutant My ability. Professor X is tingling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I'm glad the, uh, I'm glad the migraines are gone, and um, hopefully... Hopefully, uh, they're they're gone for a while, just because. Yeah, I mean, until I, winter pops up again. Yeah, I that's guess, right. Maybe. When the season changes <laughs> again. <laughs> oh goodness, Jack! What's been going on, my man? You've been uh, you've been busy. You've been working. We've been working. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh, so dude, uh, have you been watching at all the Rings of Power? I wanted to ask you. I wanted to get I, your. I have. I have not watched this show. Okay. Because I first of all, I feel like. My wheelhouse is coming on Wednesday. Yeah, uh, yes. Star and Wars. that wheelhouse is Andor right. coming which is up, people. Tomorrow. When at least when we yeah. record this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It might even be tonight. But it's like a three episode premiere. There you go. Yeah. So I forget you're that's not much, more my wheelhouse. I forget you're not much of a Lord of the Rings guy. I forget. No. That. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. It's okay. It's you know, everyone likes their different stuff. So, dude, I gotta tell you before we get going here. Uh, you know how I got rear-ended, right? And like been yes. like, trying to get the insurance oh, yeah. and all that stuff, right? So like, do the people know that you got rear-ended? I th- didn't we talk about it last step? I think I think we, we did. may or may not. I think I think we did. But I think we we may have covered that. Yeah, case. but anyway, yeah, I got rear-ended, and uh, this guy's like insurance. He's actually his insurance has actually been actually pretty easy to work with. But the thing is, they can't. So you know, they're gonna go through one of the body shops out here. But the earliest I can get my car in is November 4th. 
Oh my god! Okay, there and go. like my car, there, there's, there's <clears throat> not really a lot of cosmetic damage, but it's out of alignment, yeah. right? So the yeah. wheels shaking when I drive. So oh because of that, they're giving me. I am on the <laughs> on his insurance's bill. I'm getting that rental car until oh, until yeah. my car is done. So you know, wait, 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 wait. hold up, hold, hold, hold okay. up, hold up, <laughs> yeah. Are you gonna go full bro on I us haven't and get decided. like a Dodge Charger? <laughs> I haven't decided. I haven't decided what's gonna win out because either I have two options. One, I realize like okay, I'm gonna be in this car for probably a month and a half, right? Yeah. It, at, at at the least. So do yeah. I get? Do I get the economy? Do I get the economy? Do I vehicle. get the rice burner right and save some money? Or do I take advantage of the situation <laughs> and get myself a lifted a truck? Camaro? Yes, a yeah, Camaro, a Camaro, right? Or something? Yes, yeah, something of that, or a Tesla. Uh, now, honestly, oh, man, I don't. That'd th- be nuts. I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. I think you know it's going to be it's through Enterprise, so it's going to be whatever Enterprise has, and they don't usually have yeah. like high end stuff. But <laughs> I I did think about it. I was like, you know, I could be getting that. I could be getting that. I could be living that charger life for a little while, you know, like because we all know those get great gas mileage. Oh my gosh, <laughs> horrible rants. Anyway, and then they sent me cash on top of it, um, just kind of as, as like a you know bodily harm. Got myself restocked in cigars. Oh yeah, you. Did. Oh dude, I went ham on cigar bid, dude. Yeah, cigar bid's where it's at. Uh, those have already been shipped, and then uh, I got myself a a new a new humidor. A desktop, yes, you did. Like 125 yes, count, you did. and that still wasn't even like half of the money they gave me. So I am, I'm, I'm happy, you know, getting restocked, mm-hmm. you know, yep. putting that money away, and uh, you know, man, I got to get rear-ended more often. I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna start brake checking people. <laughs> Dear Lord, <laughs> no, that's not true. That would be dishonest of me. I'm not gonna do that. Jack, before we hop into uh, talking today. Do you have a yes. reformatory cigar of the week for us? Yes, I do. So I, I just this is like fresh off. Okay, yeah. So I have been smoking different types of cigars. This is my contribution to this. This is podcast, Jack's contribution. Like. Oh man, you know Jack. I, you know, on behalf of myself and our listeners, we thank you. We thank you for putting in the work for us, man. Because we know, hey, someone's got to do oh it. It's gosh. not a. It's not an easy job. Thank you for being the. The micro of this podcast. <laughs> okay. So, oh my gosh. Um, in any case, yes. I had, so Apostate Cigars yeah. has been uh, a cigar company that Josh and I both appreciate, mm-hmm. mainly for the flavor, uh, the iconography. The owner of Apostate Cigars, he is a former um, member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a.k.a. the Mormons. A.k.a. So, (laughs) he actually, um, it's pretty interesting. So, he had made three cigars for their lineup. And then on top of this, he added a fourth new cigar. This fourth new cigar is called the Feathered Serpent. (laughs) The Feathered Serpent. The Feathered Serpent. Yes, it is a six and a half by 46 Corona Extra made up of Dominican Corojo seed. It has, it is a candela wrapper. Oh, 
meaning it, is, it has that green. It's got that green tinge yeah. to it, okay? Candela wrapper covering a Mexican San Andreas binder and filler blend uh, blend containing all Dominican tobacco. Man, look at you. Going fancy so, on us today. Yeah. Very boutique. Very within our wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Mexican San Andreas, Dominican. Uh, you got a little bit of the Corojo seed going in there as well, too. So, honestly, I thought this was probably a solid... I mean, at first, you're going to get that hint of the Candela wrapper. Yep. You're going to get that hint of mint. And then on top of that, when I started to smoke through the cigar, um, it kind of like has this weird blend of sweet sweetness to the back end. And then it kind of hits you first with the mint, and then there's a sweetness to the back end of it. Okay. So... Um, very unique flavors, very good, very tasty, not overpowering with the Candela wrapper because you have those binders and those fillers that are kind of counteracting yep, that. Exactly. So, um, really good. I think it was about, I think it was $11 when I bought it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it was $11. Half wheel has them, half wheel has them for around $13 a stick. Okay. So, so I am on a reservation reservation so <laughs> everything's we get that, cheaper we get that discount yeah. we got that res uh, price man <laughs> fireworks so and I, cigars no place better <laughs> i thought the price point to the construction of it the construction was really good on the cigar there you go um it has kind of this lancero it, it looks kind of like uh, a beefier lancero when you look at it all right maybe a beefier kind of shorter lancero when you look at it but it's a really good cigar if you want something that's going to last you maybe about an hour or so. If you want to contemplate life, yes, <laughs> yeah, I would smoke this. It has great flavor to it. The price is a little bit on the higher side, but I think it's. But worth hey, it, so. you're getting boutique, right? Like, here's the thing: like, you are Jack and I, this is Dominican and Mexican San Andreas fillers, it's, and it's fantastic. And this is what Jack and I do for our, our people, right? We give you the budgets. We give you the the reliable, old, faithful budgets, and then yeah. when you want to splurge, it's your birthday, it's Christmas. You know, you're taking some friends out, or you know, you wanna you wanna you wanna break the bank a little bit. Here's a nice boutique blend that no one's heard of, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's a little more expensive, but you get what you pay for. It's good stuff. It's gonna be more nuanced. Uh, it's gonna be creamy. It's gonna get that little mint, like Jack was saying from the Candela. It's gonna be an excellent, excellent smoke. So it is the Feathered Serpent. By Apostate Cigars. That is the Reformatory Podcast Cigar of the Week. Go and smoke to the glory of God. All right, Jack, here we go. So we're a little late to the party on this one because I think other prominent podcasts have already talked about it. But as we do on this podcast, we are going to take it uh, to a place that no one has gone. We're going to come at it from an angle that no one has done before, and that is, of course, the local church. And I'm being facetious in that. We're not the only podcast that does that. Um, But we are going to talk about the recently released um, State of Theology uh, what would you call it? It's a it's a it, it, it's a survey results, right? Uh, yeah, put out survey questionnaire, yeah. Put, put out by Ligonier Ministries, Papa Sproul, right? Mm-hmm. All that good stuff. Um, and there's there's it's a very interesting survey. Uh, and I was kind of 
surprised and not surprised by some of the things yeah. in there, right? So we're not going to talk about so much the survey itself, although we are going to reference it, as more what we believe this says about the local church right now and then as well as the response that the local church should have to uh, kind of this this survey and then just kind of what this survey says about the greater the greater state of things just in greater evangelicalism, right? So um, that being said, a survey, you know, every time you take a survey, you got to you gotta be careful of the sample size, right? So that being said, you're going to have a large swath of people within this survey, some that are approaching life from a, an orthodox, correct biblical worldview, and some that don't, right? And I think the point of this survey, and Jack and I were were actually conversing about this earlier this week, and I want to hear kind of Jack Jack's thought on this before we hop yeah. in. But what I took from this survey is that the overall idea that we should be taking from this is that the the average population of those that would identify themselves as evangelical in our culture today really don't have a grasp or a biblical understanding of what that means. That that's that's kind of the overarching uh, message that I took from this survey is that those that even claim to be Christian, there's a large percentage of those individuals that are basing that claim either off of morality, which is you know which I think is the numbers that we saw in here, or political party, or just these overall ideas of of perhaps American Christianity or at least Western civilization idea of evangelicalism, and it doesn't really reflect biblical true orthodox christianity which i don't think any of us should be surprised by that so that's the overall kind of takeaway that 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 i had from this survey which obviously leads into a lot of discussions about the local church but is that is that the takeaway that 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 you came from i know i know you were a little bit more critical of the survey than i was at least at the forefront (laughs) Yeah, I came away from it kind of confused on what was going on with the survey in general because mm. if you mess around, uh, especially with clicking on beliefs and maybe what denomination or church you belong to, per se, mm-hmm. um, if you kind of mess around with those demographics, it is going to give you this weird, and Josh kind of referenced it, it is not consistent. If you hit evangelical um, and you even hit beliefs as evangelical, it is like all over the place. There is no consistency. Mm. Like I felt like the only consistency you had is like a lot of people who want and believe in morals and moralism. And then you get into like Christology or the local church and it's like, like all the numbers are everywhere. So I think the biggest thing... um, for me maybe is like I would rather have a, a professor and somebody who has a good definition of what is it evangelical like Thomas Kidd who's out of Midwestern mm-hmm. who's written books extensively written books about what is it evangelical like to have him <laughs> sitting on that survey board and saying like uh, when we basically get our sample size, like this has to be the the definition of what it means to be evangelical. Mm. Maybe it's going to give you a different uh, sample size and a different just kind of 
shakeout of the results if they kind of did something like that. But sure. um, I think self-identification is really uh, kind of worthless at this point when it comes to that word of evangelical. Um, it has to be something bigger than self-identification because as far as we know, you can self-identify as an evangelical and basically be a heretic at this point <laughs> from historical Christianity. Sure, Cause sure. right now it said, I mean, there was one, I think there was one question that was really cuckoo and where it was like, do you, uh, Jesus was a good teacher. The statement was Jesus was, was a good teacher, but he was not God. Right. And on the even, if you skewed it to evangelical, it was like all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, well, okay. So for example, right. To kind of, to, to kind of go with that, the, the, the question, and, and, and this is the sample sizing of us evangelical findings, right? The question is this, is, is sex, sex outside of marriage, out of traditional marriage, a sin, right? 94% of us evangelicals agree that sex outside of marriage is a sin, Right. So it's like, oh, okay, all right. That's, I mean, that's awesome, right? That's that. That's a good thing. We're we're glad that you know broadly that is identified as a sin, right? But then you get into things like like Jack was saying, like Christology, or 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 uh, uh, religious beliefs, or or um, um, uh, the Bible. So the Bible, like mm-hmm. all sacred writings, um, let's see. I'm trying to I'm trying to find the one that I was. Oh yeah, okay, okay. Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God, right? Only forty three percent agree. <laughs> Only four, not even half of evangelicals yeah. agree <sighs> on that Crazy. statement. And you're like, wait a second, what is going on? So obviously, those are just two examples. Um, it can't can't really be used just you know to to prove the rule. But I think what it does prove is something that we've known all along, is that. Sure broadly within our culture today christianity evangelicalism is based so much more on just morality than it is actual true doctrine of scripture right and this is something jack and i have talked about before which i think has crept into our local churches today right yeah. and this is this is kind of really where jack and i kind of want to focus on is i think there is such a massive focus within the local church and I'm talking broadly, local church, right, on mm-hmm. making sure that we have the morality down correct. Like we're going to church every Sunday, right, and we're we're not, you know, we're in correct relationships, and we're 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 not having sex outside of marriage, and you know, marriage is between one man and one woman. And look, all of those things are right and good and correct and biblical. That we're like, yes, yeah. obviously, that's what you do, right? But only forty three percent of confessing evangelicals agree that Jesus was God, yeah. right? So, like, there's obviously a disconnect somewhere here, yeah. and I believe the answer to that disconnect is found in the faithful preaching of God's word in the local church. That mm-hmm. is where I believe the battle line is, right? And I think that we can get distracted by trying yeah. to fight all of these battles on different front lines, right? So I'm going to fight the culture war over here. I'm going to fight the culture war over here and I'm going to come against this and come against this and come against this and and we're spread so thin in our attempts to put out these fires that are in our culture, right? That we forget and I think we lose focus 
of where that war is actually fought and where our efforts are actually most effective. Right. And it's in the context of the local church. That's what I believe. I believe if you want to change the culture that you're in it, that, that, that if you want to be a light to your culture and to be a, an example of Christ and a beacon of the gospel to your culture, it's got to be done through the context of the local church. I believe yeah. that that's where it's done and that's where it's most effective. And I think that's how it was designed to be. Yeah. Yeah. And especially too, I think uh, the other dynamic to this, like Josh said, um, when you spread out yourself so thin where you're trying to combat all these different things, just from a previous soldiering perspective, you are going to absolutely lose the battle mm. and lose constant battles because you're not concentrating your firepower and your and your force on a certain thing that that's going to basically take advantage of the battle. So if you spread your line too thin, then yeah, you're going to have this where, okay, you you have the morality piece right, I guess, but your theology and what you believe about Jesus is abysmal, and really it doesn't help your view of the gospel at all. Gospel at all. So, yeah, I think if anything, I'd be interested, because I think there's a, is there a feature on this now where you could basically use this in your local church to, like, survey people? Oh, I don't know. I thought there was on the bottom of the page if you scroll down to the bottom of the survey. Okay, I'm on it right now. I'll actually scroll down. That would be very interesting, and that would actually be an yeah. interesting tool because, oh, man, what a tool for pastors to to be able to use. Like, I'm going to pull my church and see. Oh, Dude, can you yeah. imagine? Oh, that would be so <laughs> scary. That would be, look, I mean, uh, survey it's, says. it's necessary, <laughs> and it's good shepherding. It's good, it's good to know where your church is at, but can you imagine the stress waiting Bruh. for those? those results to come back dude (laughs) yeah okay so at the bottom of this survey so here hey guys here's a resource for you this is interesting at the bottom of this survey it's the state of theology the state of theology.com and it's put on by ligonier ministries right you scroll all the way down there's a create your own group survey and looks like it's a google sign in so you sign in with that you can send this out to your people you can send this out that's that would be very that's next level because you know what i would do if i was a local church pastor (laughs) i'd basically take this sweat bullets (laughs) no 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 no. i'd take this uh maybe a next well i don't know if i you could probably do it this lord's day you could do it this lord's day we're just like in the announcements we have our announcements at the end of our service Mm -hmm. it would just basically be like hey we want to do this poll Click on this, and we want you to do this survey for us as a church family. And we want you to to basically answer, honestly answer these questions for us. So yeah. that would be... Uh, <laughs> and if you did it anonymously, like that would be interesting to get it an anonymous thing. Because then yeah. you could basically plan out your whole preaching schedule from here on out right. based off of that survey if you got it. Yeah, so. yeah. which, I mean, honestly, I think it's a good tool. Uh, it, it's not... Surveys, you know, within... Kind of just the nature of them, they can be more helpful or, or not so helpful just kind of depending on how the questions are phrased, right? Because sometimes, yeah. sometimes I'll read a survey and I'll be like, I don't know what this is asking, right? So you got to be really yeah. clear on what you're asking and that the questions are stated in a clear and concise way, right? I mean, and and ultimately, I think the best form of discipleship, discipleship is actually one-on-one conversation. 
And, yeah. it, you know, we, we're not saying utilize this survey as a replacement for that. One-on-one discipleship is always preferred and always the best method, right? But yeah. I do think this could be an interesting tool and an interesting way to kind of get a, an overall gauge of where the church is at uh, and a, kind of an understanding of how much kind of the world's way of thinking has crept into the local church, right? Because I think this survey, if it accomplishes anything, like we were saying at the beginning, mm-hmm. it accomplishes showing the fact that there is so much of the world's ideology within yeah. the context of the local church these days, and it's showing that people, the way that they think through issues, the way that they make their decisions and think about problems and think about questions, is often much more utilizing the tools that the world gives instead of the tools that we are called to use in scripture. Right. So that to me is one of the main takeaways from this. And I believe that we are seeing aspects of that in our culture and and in true, true Orthodox evangelicalism today, as we see such a distraction, uh, toward, this and that and trying, like I said, to put out all these little fires instead of a commitment to the local church, a commitment to the preaching of the word within the body, and then things being changed through that, through faithful discipleship within the local church. And I, I just, I'm, I'm just convinced that that is, that is how scripture reveals to us and how like the how change happens i know that's how change happened in my heart was through the context of the local church right it wasn't an argument on social media it wasn't a you know you know something that i heard online or you know things of that sort it was faithful discipleship from the pastors in my life to me right and then that discipleship the things that i learned from them i then pass on to others Right. And pass on to those in my care. And that that's how it happens. It's a very parental child kind of bringing up in the way of the faith, uh, a way of doing things instead of just kind of this, you know, pray and spray shotgun blast of, you know, let's let's try to put all these fires out at once. Uh, I think that kind of mentality results in kind of some of the things that we're seeing in this in this in this survey here. Yeah. I think the other thing, too, is uh, what I want to talk about, and Josh, you can lead off with it, too, is the conversation that I tagged you in on Twitter <laughs> in regards to, uh, I think it was it was Mark Dever and it was Jonathan Lehman, and they were talking about how this starts to creep in, this kind of discussion that we're having about state of theology, how this traverses into the local church, and then how local churches are affected by certain institutions that are patron that their patrons are members within a local church. Yeah. And so, yeah, I know that. Um, so I sent you this, this clip and it was Mark Dever and I think it was Jonathan Lehman. And I think they were at the SBC. Was it the, the annual meeting? Well, here, why don't I, why don't I, why don't I play the clip for us? Okay. Do it. And then, um, and then we can, uh, we can we can talk about it after this. So I yeah, they're at some conference and Jonathan Lehman starts saying something and then Mark Dever Mark Dever like <laughs> he gets goes like off. so passionate. He does. Yeah. Yes. He's now, gotten the most passionate I ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Normally I don't see I haven't seen Mark this like kind of go off like this. Now let's and then again, you can say what you want about 
I know there's a lot of people, especially in Reformer, that don't like Nine Marks and don't like Devon, don't like Lehman. Look, I understand that's we're not here to tackle that. Just listen to what Mark says. I think what he says actually brings up a very good point for us to consider and for us to learn from. So I'm going to play that right here. Uh, like I said, Jonathan starts off and then Mark takes over. The clip's like a minute and 20 seconds. Okay. You said entities are a separate thing. At the same time, the root illnesses in our churches do eventually work their way into our ent- entities. Yeah, but, but, and, well, I, I, think, I think we, those of us who are more like, we're strong biblical inerrantists, we believe everything in the Bible is true, we tend to, we have some kind of tendency, and maybe it's written in political philosophy, Jonathan, I don't know, to attack entities like they're the problems. And I am confident if Southern Seminary ever taught liberalism, it is the fault of the churches in Louisville that let those men be members in their churches. Because if those churches would have excommunicated those people like they should have done, and like when they were founded, they would have all been in favor of doing, the poor trustees at Southern Seminary would never have had to have done that work. So you see, it's the churches. We can come to the convention and throw all the stones we want at entity heads and feel very good about ourselves. But brothers, I'm telling you, pastors, it is in the churches that is the front line for redemption and against sin. That's where the real battle is fought. Entities are not unimportant, but the IMB and NAM will always be a reflection of our churches in America. So if there's anything you do not like in the IMB or NAM, look in the mirror and look around your own association. See if you're building friendships with other pastors in your area and if you're able to help them and edify them. Okay. So it just is, man, it is the it is the local church that is the front line for repentance mm-hmm. and the confrontation of sin. I love that. Yeah, I love that sentiment. It and is he does so bring up, true. Yeah, he does bring up a good point because it is the job of the local church to basically say, okay, you're going to seminary. Mm-hmm. Well. And start to inquire a little bit more than that. Yeah. I feel like most local churches, what they do is they're just like, oh, you're going to seminary. Blah. They just sure. push them over there. Sure. There's no like actual diagnosing what's going on in that certain person's life before they go to seminary. Yeah. And man, he just hit he just <laughs> he just hit on so many things that are true. Like yeah. you can I- blame so many other you can blame the diagnosis or blame the cause but literally it's actually you're a part of it at the local church and it starts there 100% and look look so we we talk about this in biblical counseling and this is such an important concept right so we talk about it when we're talking about um 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 addiction Right. But the same principle applies here. Right. So when you're dealing with somebody that is struggling with addiction, let's take alcohol addiction or drug addiction. Right. You can do all of the behavioral modification you want. Right. And you can even get that person off of drugs. Right. And off of the off of the actual substance that is causing harm. But if you do not deal with the root issue that it's a worship disorder, that somebody is is putting their worship into this specific thing, it's just yeah. going to be transferred to something else. Now, it might not be as destructive as something like alcohol or something like, you know, drugs or cocaine, you know, you know, cocaine or yeah. methamphetamine or something like that. It might mm. not be as destructive, but it's going to be just as 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 just as harmful to that person's soul because the root of the issue has not been dealt with. And that is that is, you know, that that we are putting our faith and our hope and our trust into something other than God, right? We're, we're, yeah. we're 
we're committing idolatry, right? So that that concept now we put into the context of the local church, right? You can deal with all of the entities that are out there, right? And 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 Mark even said, look, it's not a bad thing to call these out, right? It's not a bad thing to identify these, right? We we need to. It's part of being a discerning. Uh, it's part of being a discerning Christian is understanding. You know, why that is unbiblical, right? But he's saying if you simply just deal with the flames and deal with the entities and don't get to the root of the problem, right? You're not going to actually change anything, right? How do they teach you to put a, how do they teach you to put a fire out with a fire extinguisher? You don't spray the flames, right? You spray the base Mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. So that everything that's happening up here gets taken care of. And that's what Mark's saying. I think it's such an amazing and true point. If you want to take care of these entities that are in society, you actually want to start combating them and seeing them overcome and seeing people uh, leave their sin and come to an understanding of Jesus Christ. It has to be through the context of the local church. Yeah, you can't just attack the entities and accept and 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 think that that's going to take care of the problem when you're leaving the rot that is happening mm-hmm. in the local church. You got to take care of that and then begin to see the fruit of that manifest itself in the culture and the community that you live in. And I think that that is such an important thing for us to remember as we do our work in the local church, whether you're a pastor or you're a deacon or you're a member, the work that you do in the local church is setting that foundation and providing the environment and the place for that change that we want to see to actually come to flourishing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that this plays very well into what we talked about with the state of theology thing because Mm -hmm. just as... Josh got rear-ended. I mean, there's there's so many illustrations that you could do right sure. now. Even my even my pastor did this. One of my pastors did this. He's like, I may see something. <laughs> like he talked about basically like the imitation of something looking like something, but it doesn't actually resemble it. Sure. So he talked about how his wife made like French toast one time, and instead of using, it looked like powdered sugar, but it was actually baking soda. No. Wait, did she do this on purpose? Was this a prank? I don't think no. Oh, it was a mistake. It was a, it was a mistake. Oh, yeah. No. So Dude, he's like, that's you can have that happen, right? <laughs> yeah, or you could have the fact that Josh got rear-ended and he doesn't know the complete damage of the vehicle until they take fenders off sure. and they actually look because a fender can like it can look and imitate. Sure. Like nothing has happened. Sure. Sure. You have to peel that back, and what I think the state of theology thing does. It should help us peel back what's going on in our local churches and say, mm. okay, is this true of what's actually going on in our local church? Right. It should cause us, like Mark said, to go and to go and look ourselves in the mirror and say, yep. is this is this like our fault? Like, what's going on here? Yeah. Right. Um, right. You should have those kind of inquisitive questions when this survey comes out because it's so easy. To just say, oh my gosh, look at us. Yeah. Like we're going down the drain, you guys. Oh my gosh, come on. But it's right. like, okay, have you actually like looked in the mirror <laughs> to see if your local church, like who, is, are people in your local church actually believing in this or not? Yeah. You well, know? well, and it should give you the, it should give you the motivation to strive to, to, to come into even greater conformity with the word of God as your local church. Yeah. Right? And to be like, look, we, obviously by the, <laughs> 
results of this survey, however accurate. And and here's the thing, I will. It, it's just it might just be my personality, but I think things are actually worse than probably what the survey says. Sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Again, that's just me. Like that's that maybe my amillennialism is showing. <laughs> but but I think I think that things are probably actually even more dire than than this results, yeah. right? Um yeah. but that should provide that motivation to be like, look, look at this vanity fair that we that we live in, that we're walking through, that these people don't know their right from their left. It's like Nineveh, right? And instead of being Jonah that's sitting on the hill waiting for God to torch everything because look how horrible this is, right? Mm-hmm. This should be the motivation to be like, look, one, just like Jack said, is there any part of this ideology or this way of thinking, this barometer of how the world makes their decisions, is there any part of this that is creeping into my local church? Yeah. Or is there any part of this that's creeping into my heart, right? Start with yourself. Root that out first and foremost, Mm-hmm. Right. And then let that motivate you to encourage the church toward a greater conformity to the word of God, a greater conformity to the person of Christ, a high view of theology and a, and a desire to 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 study it and a desire to 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 actually engage with it, not just in an intellectual way, because this survey shows where just intellectualism gets us. Right. It has to take root in the heart. It has to actually have practical application and manifest itself in practical ways in our life. Our lives actually have to change. Our minds actually have to change. Our actions actually have to change so that we're not just basing, well, yeah, like sex outside of marriage, of course it's morally wrong. Is Jesus God or is he not? Well, I'm not actually sure, right? And it's it, Your theology <laughs> needs to have practical application in how you live your life. And that's yeah. the point of theology. That's the point of studying doctrine is that at the end of it, we look more like Jesus than we did when we first started. Yeah. Right. And that starts in the church. It has to come from the church. And as we have a people and it's always going to be, I believe it's, it's going to be a remnant of people that are striving to look like Jesus and, and encouraging each other to look like Jesus, then you see the change happen. And we actually yeah. begin to see these entities that we're so busy fighting after. We're seeing that we are more equipped now to deal with them than if we're just kind of doing the lone wolf thing on Twitter, trying to spray the fire extinguisher at the flames when we should yeah. be investing in our church to get to the root of the issue. Because mm-hmm. you, otherwise you're just putting a Band-Aid on cancer. You're going to cover it yeah. up, Let's pretend, you know, let's let's deal with the symptoms, let's deal with the flames, and you're not getting into the root of it and 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 digging it out with the word of God. Right? That's what we gotta do. Mm-hmm. And it starts in the church. There's no better place for it to start. And I just I love what just that focus that Mark gives. It's like if we if we see failings out here, it's because we failed in the church. Yeah. You want to see victories out there? We have to have victories in the church. We have to do things correct in the church, and then we will see change in our culture, right? That focus is so vital and so good, and just, it's spot on, dude. It's, 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 yeah, it's great. It's great. Cosine, 100%. Big Eva has sung, people. Big Big Eva Eva has sung, sung, baby. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, that's, it's, it's so true. It's so true. Jack, my friend, Mm -hmm. 
the state of the podcast is that we are done. <laughs> we have rambled. Yes. We have talked. We have given cigar reviews. We've been yes, smacked in the face by, uh, by, by edgy and and frustrated uh, Mark Dever. <laughs> was that his? Was that his? What's wrong with you, people? Moment. I feel like I feel like that. It could have been. He was, he was channeling a little pop to sprawl there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jack, why don't you get us out of here, man? Ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls, if you have appreciated our little soiree of conversation about the uh, state of theology and even our conversations about anything to do with the local church, you too can follow us on what we call the sociables, if you will. Yes, the social medias, the Facebook, the Zexite, the Metaverse, the Instagram goes well with chocolate and marshmallow, or the Twitter, the Tweaker, the little bluebird site. The what was to be Elon Musk's throne of honor. Now, <laughs> you're miffed repudiation. That, huh? you, repudiation. You, you, you were hoping. You were hoping for that. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, but you too can follow us on all of those sites at the tag at Reformatory Pod. And Josh, you can tell the lovely people how that these lovely listeners might support us maybe a little bit further. That's right. Friends, whether you enjoy cigars or not, whether you enjoy banter or not, whether you enjoy this podcast or not, <laughs> we thank you for listening. We thank you for joining us. We would appreciate your support in, you know, there's many ways. You can head on over to Patreon. You could, for a $5 holla, become a Patreon supporter, mm-hmm. have your name hallowed through the halls of this podcast. Hallowed. Hallowed. I'm sorry, Jack. I stepped, I, 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 <laughs> that was my fault. I stepped on it. That was that was hundred percent me. You were you were you were primed and ready to go, and I just I just <laughs> ran with it. My bad. <laughs> you could do that, or you can uh, head on over to reformatorypod.com. You can get some local church merch. You can listen to the newest episodes there. That's also an option. We appreciate that. I would say most importantly, because this helps get the podcast to more people. If you're listening on iTunes, especially, you can scroll all the way down. Give us a little mm-hmm. five star review. I see the numbers. I see the people that are watching on Apple, watching, listening on Apple. It's the vast majority of you. And I know the vast majority of you have not written a review. You haven't given us a rating. We would really appreciate that five stars for five solas. Mm -hmm. And gets the podcast out to more people as Jack and I attempt to encourage the centrality of the local church in the life of the believer. So if you appreciate that, if you appreciate our efforts, we would appreciate you helping us out with that. That would be awesome. We thank you guys for listening. We will catch you on the next step of the reformatory. <laughs>